0: This episode of the show is brought to you by Audible. You can get a free 30-day trial and free audiobook of your choosing by going to audibletrialcom slash misspots. Choose from over 180,000 different titles, such as Chris Jericho's latest book, No, is a four-letter word. It's even narrated by the man himself. Audiobooks are perfect for the person on the move. Believe me, they're great. Maybe you want a mystery novel or a biography of someone you love. Audible has it all. Plus, it's free to try. If you don't like it, which would be weird, cancel and keep your free audiobook that you downloaded forever. Go try it now at audibletrialcom slash misspots. Audible. Listening is the new reading. Hey, Kevin, we have an AEW pay-per-view coming up this weekend. Is there any matches that you're excited about?
1: Oh, man, I, I was excited for this whole Moxley Jericho match, but seeing as Jericho never actually weighed in, I guess the match is off now.
0: No, oh, Well, this another late breaking news coming up on the Miss Spots podcast.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to play
0: the game! Time to play the game! <laughs> Uh, Kevin, I just got some more late-breaking news. Okay. The match is back on. Oh, did they weigh in after the show went off the air? I'm assuming so.
1: Okay, cool. Yeah, thank God, because that, that,
0: I believe that's like the main event. They've been building it around this and the Cody MJF match, but mainly this.
1: You know, I just thought of something.
0: They should—professional wrestling
1: organizations should really stop jeopardizing their main event matches by having— Kind of meaningless pointless uh, pseudo showdowns on the go home
0: shows. I mean has this this has come up before, right? I don't think that uh, this is anything uh, new I, I, I no no real like global company with a lot of reach and a lot of experience would ever do anything like that to you know jeopardize the integrity and the build to a main event seems like a one-off
1: i I agree with you we should
0: probably move on so let's uh talk about before the the pay-per-view let's talk about that other company um what's their name uh we uh (laughs) w
1: it depends on on how fast you say it because it's wwe but it
0: always comes off as wwe Double, double e
1: yeah uh This is this is a weird episode for me because I read a couple breakdowns of this show and it got very, very favorable reviews from some people, people continuing to love the Randy Orton storyline, other things that they liked here. Uh, Did you have any kind of impulse reactions to the overall raw presentation this week?
0: No, uh, like which to me is a negative. Um, if if nothing necessarily jumped out at me and made me be like, oh, wow, uh, then I find it to be a not that great show. The Randy Orton thing. Now Kevin Owens just gets thrown in randomly for a week. I, Sure, it at least makes it a little bit different from the shtick that we've been having uh, recently with KO and the Vikings and Joe and some combination of them fighting the Disciples and Seth every week. But it is weird to just kind of sidetrack it just like that for a week. i and KO doesn't also come across as the type of guy who really cares about what's going on with other people like that like he's got his issues he's concentrated on them now all of a sudden he cares about edge and matt hardy and what randy orton's doing the
1: the randy orton storyline is to me the classic example of a very, very good idea without very much material to work with. And we continue to have him come out and say, he's sorry, he's sorry, and not say what he did or why he did it. And it's just, it takes forever for Randy Orton to start talking. I mean, it really is just seems like killing time. And it's the kernel of a very, very good idea, and there's some aspects of this that are very effective. But the fact that we bookended this show with Orton not saying just kind of the same thing with a different person, and then the match that we had was fine. It was weird in the fact that we had a ref become a, a follower of uh, the Monday Night Messiah, I thought it was done in kind of a jerky kind of way. I, I, I don't mind the fact that you have somebody else coming over to the cult of Seth Rollins. This is one of those situations, and I, I feel like I, I hit this point about every three to four months. If we had a referee, any referees in the WWE like we do in AEW where we know their name, and we have they don't have to be part of every single match, but you announce who the referee is, and maybe they have a little bit of personality of their own. This one doesn't take as much shit as the other one. This one is quicker to call a DQ or something of that matter that's in the background. If somebody then turns and becomes part of a storyline, we have some investment in it. Yeah. When you take an indie wrestler which I believe this was, and put him in a referee gear and have him fast count something, it doesn't come across as shocking. It comes across as, wait a minute, did they just botch something? What just happened? Yeah, It's Uh not shocking and fun and interesting. It's confusing, and then you go, oh, why do I care about that anyway? And that's the way this all came about to me.
0: Yeah, it's why Nick Patrick worked for the uh, for the NWO back in the day, and, yeah. and uh, Little Nate, because we knew who these people were when they became characters. Uh, further in, I mean, they they should be characters. They are the third or fifth person in the ring. Telling a story, and they're they're very important to that story, and they deserve the recognition for doing as such. And uh, when you do recognize them, uh, then doing something like that—a turn of a referee, turning and making an evil referee, or something like uh, that—has more impact at that point. And you're you're absolutely right. If they this guy would have debuted six months ago as a referee and every referee was named like they always said referee referee in charge of this match is blah 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 and they the refs or the commentators just mentioned that person's name uh, here and there it would have a lot more impact uh in this story and and stepping back just a second this made randy orton's participation in this as just a like, a, a kind of like an extra in the Kevin Owens Seth Rollins saga. Well, they, Randy, they flip
1: they flip flopped. So KO was an extra in uh, the Randy Orton saga, and then Randy R. Orton yeah. was a extra in the KO saga. Yeah, pretty
0: yeah, pretty much. Yeah, good point.
1: I just I don't understand why you want to have every tool in your tool belt. To craft a good storyline. And yes, it takes a little bit extra time to, to plan things out long term in advance. But if you continue to push your product, AEW does not they 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 talk about who the referee is in the match. They they give us a little bit of information. It's not over the top, but the second that they actually need to use a ref for a storyline, we're gonna be invested a little bit more. And it doesn't take a lot of time and effort to, to lay that groundwork for it, and I feel like it's the same thing with having backstage interviewers that no one cares about and no one can remember their names. It's it's not developing a full picture and then using that and go, well, what do we got to work with this week? Well, someone's actually invested in this backstage interviewer, so if you threaten that person, you can actually get some heat on a heel, Right. But We can't do that because no one even knows. I mean, we we have we have the fact that uh, Charlie Caruso gets called Chuck half the time. And and that's Charles and Chuck. That's cute. I I don't just I don't dislike that. But develop Charlie Caruso more. In, in some way, shape, or form, we having a mean Gene Okerlund, having a character that is part of the show and part of the fabric of the show that is only there for a couple scenes every week is a really, really good thing to have because it gives you an extra tool in your tool belt.
0: Let me ask and, you this, Kevin. Pop mm-hmm. quiz. Uh, how many WWE referees can you name? Not one. You one? Not one. Not one. Even though one of them is from still the WCW era. Uh, is Charles
1: Robinson still around? Yeah. Okay. Uh, but he's in SmackDown,
0: right? Yes. Yeah, so I, I can't. I can't name the, one. The only other ones that I know, at least uh, main roster, are Chad Patton and John Cohn. Chad mm-hmm. Patton's been around for a long time. And John Cohn has been mildly used in a storyline uh, with, uh, what was it, fucking Corbin. Uh, where he he thought that the ref was out to get him, and that's it.
1: Yeah, it
0: doesn't have to be a big part of this. It
1: just I think that. It's, but I know it's,
0: every AEW referee's name.
1: So once again, I think it's it's little <laughs> things about storytelling that are so important. And I don't want to belabor this too much. I do think it's a, it's a good point that we continue to, to, to bring up. And it's one of the many things and one of the many small details in the WWE that I think they really, really miss. Uh, the, the only other thing that really stands out here in this is uh, the uh, the Garza Carrillo match. This was a really good match. Yeah, it was. It was fun. You know, I'm going to say something and I'm going to bring into a parallel with the the AEW open opening match of this week, which was the uh, the 30 minute uh, Man match. I think both these matches were very, very different in a lot of ways, but I think both these matches, they did a little bit too much. In the fact that we had too many times where we saw moves that should have been the finish to the match or a fall in the 30-minute match that didn't happen. And this is one of those rare instances, not rare, but it, it's, it's, a, it's a prominent thing in professional wrestling now where if you would have done a little bit less, I think everything else you did do would have a bigger, bigger impact. And that was my only critique of the, uh, the Garza Carrillo match. It, they just had They just did a lot of stuff and they could have done a little bit less. I'm happy that I had a clean finish. And I I think it's it's good. I'm more invested in both of these guys than I was a couple weeks ago, which is to me a very good thing.
0: Uh I'll I'll start on your your point of uh just doing stuff. Uh, unfortunately, Kevin, I think that this is what the modern wrestling fan enjoys. Oh, of is, course, it's uh, spot heavy no stuff, and I, yeah, we're we're gonna admit that that just it's fine and all, and and creates great moments, but every match being that way uh, is a little repetitious and it can be boring to a, a sense if every match is like that, um, and it just seems like that's the thing that people really get into nowadays. And to each their own, fine. Um, I don't think that it was intended to be a clean finish like it looked like uh, Garza was trying to grab the tights but didn't
1: yeah and I and I get that
0: too and it was a struggle and it was but uh, the re- but the commentary pl- did not play it off like that so I'm yeah. glad that they they went along with it uh, like no one said oh he grabbed the tights uh, when he didn't really get a hold of them
1: Yeah, so so once again, a good professional wrestling match and getting me more invested in both of these characters that a couple weeks ago I really didn't care much about. And they were wrestling, they say this was the first time they've wrestled. I, I feel like these two have wrestled seven times, and that's a problem. But even though I guess they haven't wrestled, I've seen these guys in matches and not been as invested as I was this week. So something's working there. And I enjoyed that aspect of it. Uh, this is one of the episodes of Raw where I took the fewest amount of notes I've taken in a very, very long time. Uh, Truth and Lash, no thank you. Why are these, Why is Bob Lash still a thing? The contract signing, Oscar screaming in Japanese is just awful. Uh, still waiting for the Street Profits to do anything that I give a shit about because they haven't yet. Uh, Ricochet and Luke Gallows, fine. It, the only other thing that you can even mention, or I could even mention, Alistair Black got another win over Eric. Do I still have to keep bringing this cage with a burlap slack to the ring, Rowan? Uh, which, by the way, I'm really happy they've given him that name and have extended his They've given Eric Rowan that that moniker to make up for all the other names they've taken away from other professional wrestlers in the WWE.
0: His first name was taken away at one point too. Of course. Back to him. And now he's been given a moniker.
1: Yeah. And a very long one and and apt. I mean, I believe it is probably, that's one of those ones that's building off of real life frustration with the character. But uh, we didn't need to see this run back. It was weird to see Aleister Black sell the beating from, the original sandwich club uh, that hard for that long because we see people take reverse uh, avalanche power bomb uh, through four tables to the outside and then get up and celebrate afterwards. But three guys punch you for a few times in the backstage and you're completely obliterated and you're, you know, uh, you're concussed for a whole match. Uh, that's that that the balance right of of the the level of violence and intensity in one match compared to another or one segment versus another. But I think they did the right thing in having uh, Alistair Black win here because he's a guy that's ascending the card. Eric Rowan, they might have been able to do something more with him than what they did. But all things being honest, he's probably doing exactly what he's supposed to be doing.
0: Yeah, uh, he's being a modern-day big show, as we mentioned uh, last week. Mm -hmm. Uh, Alistair Black is a student of the game. No one can ever uh, question his commitment to his craft uh, by his selling. Uh, And I honestly was thinking, oh, shit, they're going to beat him with Rowan to be 50-50. And they didn't. I was really happy by that. Uh, that they 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 went ahead. And <laughs> went against probably their... In their mind. Their best judgment. And uh, gave Aleister Black that win. And I thought that it... I thought that it was done in a, a nice manner. The whole match was paced pretty well. Uh, Like they they got the the ass beating in and then had Alistair kind of pull that one out uh, at at the last minute so I thought that was that was some decent booking
1: yeah this was a good segment because Alistair Black won yeah that's why this was a good segment
0: yes but that's Uh, all
1: I have man I, I there's nothing else to Raw that I have any had any real interest in or held my attention in any other way
0: yeah, I, I really can't think of anything else off my head. Um, oh, you know what? I do have a quick question for you because this goes along with uh, something kind of from last week, how uh, Paul and Drew were joking about the pointing at the sign. Um, is this more of like silliness when... Uh, uh, what's his face uh, Montez Ford brings up Buddy Murphy losing his first name
1: I, I just I don't like get... why
0: make the joke if you are if you did it like obviously that was a scripted thing
1: I don't I don't get who that serves I, I don't I don't understand does that get Montez Ford over because he's uh, he's one of us and he's making fun of a stupid thing that the company he works for does. Are we are we supposed to Even like him more told because him to of say it? it? Well, but in in kayfabe world, right? Or a, in an immediate reaction, are you supposed to go, yeah? I I don't know. I, I don't know what it's supposed to be. I I continue to not understand why I'm supposed to like the street Profits. <laughs> I I don't I don't get it. I don't understand their catchphrase. (laughs) I'm I'm a 40-year-old man. (laughs) I don't understand anything about this that I'm supposed to like or why I'm supposed to like it. And them being involved in this angle, being added to it, uh, they still wrestled like four matches ever on Raw. And I they've done much more cringeworthy stuff than they've done watchable stuff. And for the vast majority of it, it's because they've been putting cringeworthy segments. They've been used as hype men. None of that is good. And uh, I'm not high on Angelo Dawkins. I I think he... I know.
0: You've week in and week out. uh, He's
1: basically a piece of furniture that Montez Ford carries around with him. Uh, (laughs) Montez Ford is... (laughs) Wow, that's the biggest laugh I've ever gotten out of you. Uh, Montez Ford is obviously very charismatic. Yeah. Right? He He's very watchable in what he does. He's oftentimes saying stuff that I don't care about and almost always saying that. But I can see star power in him. He commands a presence. He can talk. What he's saying is nonsensical but you can direct that into something very valuable. Angelo Dawkins obviously I feel not so much, but uh I I see what they see in him. I just don't know what they're doing with him.
0: <laughs> Next Our Truth in the making.
1: Hopefully more. And and unfortunately Our Truth couldn't even save the the nonsense of Bob Lash and God. Lana.
0: Bless Our Truth. He tried. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about AEW and the Dynamite show leading into Revolution. And we, we we touched a little bit on it already, so let's just talk about it. Let's talk about the Iron Man match. They kicked off the show with it. Kenny, Pack, 30 minutes. Um, just... Let me ask you straight up. What did you what did you think of the match uh, just overall?
1: I have very, uh, very polarizing or in my internally views of this match. They had so much cool shit happen in this match and Mm -hmm. the crowd was eating all of it up. But I thought there was too much shit in this match. When you do an avalanche brain buster and don't get a three count for it, I'm just wondering what gets a three count. When you have Kenny Omega take a, uh, a, a, uh, I forget, it's a DDT, but a um, uh, tornado DDT oh. onto the, basically to the concrete, and then get up, two minutes later and do a, a dive to the outside. It, it's just, it's that, that, that style of, of wrestling match where it's a video game where we're just moving from spot to spot, an exciting spot and well done spots with amazing professional athletes. But it's hard for me to register a lot of sympathy with anybody when it doesn't seem like anything they do really matters other than in this exact moment that they're doing it, you so, mashed the buttons a lot, yeah. I enjoyed this. I oh, liked yeah. the fact that the crowd was so into it. I think Kenny Omega going over was the right move absolutely. i I did not like the restarting of the match and having the end almost immediately. To me, you either restart a match and have it go five to ten more minutes or you end it at that thirty minute mark. But there were some spots in this that I thought were very logical, and then a ton that just felt like, guys, do we need to do all of this in this
0: match? We pretty much had two ref bumps in this match. Because we had one during the match, and then we had Pac take out the ref uh, after the match was over.
1: I, I. It just there was there was, there was so many there was so many great spots that could have ended a match. There were so many great spots that could have resulted in a fall, and honestly, the ones that did came across as lackluster. They they didn't seem like they should have been the fall for this. I like I always like a heel taking a DQ in this situation to get a to get their yeah that was wing very smart. right back and then have total control but when you have Kenny Omega was beaten with a chair hit in the back of the head put down it's 1-1 and when Pac is is trying to muscle him out with the brutalizer for Omega to make one last ditch effort and hit a desperation move that gets the pinfall right before the end of the 30 minutes I think would have been a good story to tell but we we didn't get that, and then and, and another gripe on this. Then we get Pack at the on the stage setting up an angle with Orange Cassidy, and he yeah he's selling a little bit, but he's not worse for worse for wear. These guys destroyed each other for thirty minutes, and he kind of seemed like he was fine afterwards. Yeah, and and that that's the selling Good aspect point. that I think is so. It's the video game. It's the video game professional wrestling. And it can be exciting. I'm watching this and I'm thinking about every uh, Lucha Bros match and going, man, they're doing an amazing thing and it's so impactful and it's so effortless. But why are they able to do this thing after taking a powerbomb? Yeah. I don't, I, don't, I don't know why. And, and that, it just brings me out of it just a little bit more than I wish it did.
0: Also, I, I and this is an aftermath thing kind of, is remember a couple months ago, uh, Nyla Rose attacking a referee, getting suspended for it. Pac attacked a referee, and he has a match on the pay per view in a few days. Well, this is this is a nut. No, this is that
1: perfect. That's a great catch by you, Mike. And we heard from Excalibur that the DQ was the first. DQ in AEW yes. history. Mm-hmm. I trust that that's the case. I don't think this is like WWE where they just say this is the first one. It's happened 17 times. So I believe that. And then later on, we had orange Cassidy attack a member of the opposing tag yes. team yep, yep, in yep. the middle of a match and in front of the ref. And that's not a DQ. I'm happy that AEW has not had a bunch of DQs. I think that's a great thing to say. But if they're not having DQs because there are no rules and everything is situational, well, then that's bullshit. Yeah. Right? That's just bullshit. And if you're going to have a heel attack a referee and get suspended, remember that. Put that in your back pocket and say, we don't have to have a pack. Attacking that referee did nothing to advance that story.
0: No. Nothing.
1: It was un. It was, it was. unimportant. And doing it pulls you out of it. Because yeah. you want to give me a real fight feel. You want to make it seem like it's a little more realistic than the other guys. Well, you know what? Do your homework. Take your time. And sometimes don't do the thing you want to do. Because you've got to adhere to these rules. And then and let it pay off in the future
0: yeah it kind of sounds like we just shit all over this match <laughs> but we we did it we 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 nitpicked a couple of well i wouldn't even say nitpicked we we picked a, a few of the things that didn't make sense to us and there were and huge we put a, fl- a microscope on it these there are huge huge flaws in this match
1: the the big bonus the big benefits the, the things that stand out are two incredible athletes doing moves that look incredibly painful and impactful and getting the crowd behind it it's just to me as exciting as that is to watch as a spot fest it didn't tell a great overall story and the reason was because they, they, they were trying to do too much in the opening match of a, of a of a weekly
0: card. Yeah. Uh that I you know the more that we talked about this here, uh the more I completely agree with you and 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 realize that. Um I, I thought that it was a, a really good match. It wasn't it wasn't the best uh Iron Man match that I've seen. Uh, but, and I, I saw those couple little issues here and there, but yeah, it, it was fine. And it was, like you said, two great athletes going out there and putting on a show. Uh, but from the professional wrestling standpoint of which w- we are, uh, fans of, it lacked in some areas. A little
1: lacking, yes.
0: Um, uh, Let's, I'm, I'm looking down the, the whole thing the, the Jurassic Express uh, inner circle match was a thing I, I think that, that that was mainly just to get some more tension between Darby and Sammy uh, ultimately uh, especially with the way that the finish was on that one
1: This is the typical AEW tag team match. Everything breaks down. Nothing matters. The ref is not in control of anything. At some point, everyone's just going to be fighting everybody else, and it's going to result in a pin out of nowhere, and you had no idea who was a legal person whatsoever or anything. They might as well just all be in there fighting at the same— it might as well be a battle royal uh, for most AEW tag matches. And this is this is the issue, and this is probably what keeps me coming back, is that there's some really fun spots. Yeah. Luchasaurus is a fun guy to watch, right? Jungle Boy is a fun guy to watch. There's a lot, lot of talent in these people doing exciting, interesting things, but they're doing all the things, all the time, and... No one loses here. The inner circle is not any less over because they lost this match to Jurassic Express. If anything, Jurassic Express needed a win. Darby Allen's involvement is perfect. It's perfectly done in storyline. I just wish they'd keep these fucking tag matches just a little bit tighter. You can do so many of these spots you know yeah. it's it, they're not if you don't do this genius really cool thing that you came up with this week you can do it next week it's not going to expire <laughs> it's not milk there's no
0: best Buy uh date yeah. on these moves
1: I, I just i just think it's this this whole idea that everything has to be done in every match and i i don't i don't think it's necessary and I'm not trying to be this old fuddy-duddy, and this old-school guy. I, I think that some of these high-flying tandem moves and things are exciting, and I think that they should do them. And sometimes they don't look like they're 100% believable, but in the, in the flow of the match and the storyline, I can suspend my disbelief enough to say, yeah, this guy would do that or, or X, Y, and Z. But when you just put an entire ring full of people in doing a bunch of crap— it it makes me not as interested.
0: Yeah. Um we you alluded to uh the best friends Butcher and the blade match with Orange Cassidy getting involved in that. And really for the this match was built off of the Battle Royal, which kudos and as was really the the previous match as well, the six-man match. So that was a good job of AEW to build matches off of uh, battle royals that can be kind of just pointless uh, towards a lot of people's storylines at points. And they were able to create at least a, a couple matches off of it. I think that really this the this match ultimately was just to showcase Cassidy, Orange Cassidy some more on TV build towards the, or they announced the match with PAC and uh I'm going to admit I had a great little chuckle at Chuck Taylor saying that he's going to try.
1: That was a, that was fun. And and the thing that I'm going to first of all AEW should just change their name to ATTW All Tag Team Wrestling. Because all they ever do is tag team wrestling. And you and I love tag team wrestling. I love I'm not tag complaining. team wrestling. Yeah. I'm not complaining about it. But they really do tag team wrestling for 75% of the matches yeah. on, on their cards. I am so annoyed by putting Orange Cassidy and the bunny in the middle of the ring during a tag team match. And having them do this pantomime. If you had them run into each other in the backstage and do this, the crowd still sees it on the big screen. They're still going to pop for it. It can be fun if it happened before the match or after the match. But to do it in the middle of a match, it just goes, okay, this is all a joke. And it makes it hard for me to, to watch and care about the butcher and the blade, and care about best friends, and they I, they just do this too often. And it's not that it's not fun; it's just that it's misplaced. You can do this at a different point of uh, a two-hour broadcast, and you can make it work. the The thing that you're, oh, excuse me, the thing that you're mentioning at the end of an interview that he's going to try, I think that works in the context of that character. At that point, the match is over, they're hyping something else up, and they make a funny comment. That's good comedy. I enjoyed that. But in the middle of a match, no, I'm just, I'm not into that, man.
0: I'm going to disagree with you to a certain extent here. Uh, I, being a fan of comedy wrestling, sometimes my favorite comedy in wrestling is when the comedy wrestler interacts with someone who is not a comedy wrestler and uh, i'm not saying that this was one of the best examples of doing that because butcher and the blade are straight lace uh workers they aren't comedy in any sense of the the term uh but Every so often, when you see a comedy guy interact with a straight guy and get some weird reactions out of the the typically straight-laced uh, people, it can be funny and fun as well uh, because they got stooped to the lows, I guess you could say, of the comedy uh, wrestler. So introducing a comedy uh, spot into a match with two guys like Butcher and the Blade, I don't think is necessarily a bad thing. It might seem a little out of place, but it, this particular ma- uh spot probably could have been done better i i'm not I'm not against doing comedy stuff with uh people like Butcher and the Blade. But it's just this particular one that I'm saying. Uh, you're kind of right on its placement. It didn't need to be done during the match.
1: And that's all I'm saying.
0: Don't do stuff like this during a professional
1: wrestling match. Oh, that,
0: I, I felt like you were also saying like people like Butcher and the Blade don't like they shouldn't be looped into.
1: No, no, uh, I w- I wasn't saying that at all. That was, you're totally misinterpreting what I was saying. Don't you my bad. Done, man. You could have done. A lot of this before or after or in a backstage segment, and I think it could work. If you want to have Butcher and the Blade fighting best friends in the back because their tensions spill over, and you have Orange Cassidy meet the bunny, and you do the exact same thing they just did in a backstage segment, while these other guys are are beating the shit out of each other in the back, I'm cool with that. But to say that we're going to put a wrestling match on hold that these guys are, are trying to win and then have Orange Cassidy uh, uh, attack a member of a guy uh, of a team that's actually in the middle of a wrestling match and not get DQ'd, then we're just doing stuff. Then we're we're not we're not booking a professional wrestling show. We're just saying, okay, what would be kind of funny to see right now? Oh, but the match is going on. Ah, who cares? No one's going to care about that. I, I don't. I just don't like that mentality because I care about that. Yeah. There's all there's all this stuff about the the revival uh, coming to AEW and how everyone's like so thrilled the revival coming to AEW, the revival coming to AEW. The revival don't fit in at AEW. The revival do if you want to look at the work they did at NXT, they do straightforward tag matches they work a body part yeah. they do things methodical they slow things down they give they give matches a room to breathe when they're at their best we don't see that in AEW we see a bunch of guys running around doing spots so i'm just uh, it's it's important to say just because of all the athleticism there, just because there's a really really good teams that can do some really good stuff, doesn't mean we're seeing the best presentation of tag team wrestling. It's better presentation than the then WWE, but that's not hard to do. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's my little rant today.
0: Okay, fair enough. Um, uh, Hikaru Shida beat uh Shayna big swollen yukasaka yukasaka Yukasakazaki in a four-way match uh with they kept on alluding to uh, title implications uh throughout the match uh there was some creative spots in this match but there was also seemed to be some miscommunications between people at points and uh, as i'm sure that there can be in multi-person matches um, w- did anything stand out in this match to you this
1: took a little while to get going and by the end I thought that they had some, some good sequences in the match and the right person won I will say this uh, big swole redundant swole means big basically <laughs> I never so thought of that <laughs> she's big big or swole swole so <laughs> Uh, <laughs> from now on, big from, big swall, swall Yeah. So from now on, her name is redundant uh, for me. But uh, I just uh, yeah, this was fine. the The women's division is such a black hole right now. It, it's it's there's not a lot going on in it other than the title picture. I'm glad they're giving these people a a per, uh, a place to compete i don't know if a four-way was the right way to present this on a show that already had a bunch of tag matches and a gimmick for the main event but by the end of it i found myself being engaged so that was a good thing
0: yeah um maybe they were a little handcuffed on being like all right we have a, a a pack show we have two of our japanese uh Women wrestlers over here, and we need to utilize them because we don't get to use them uh, every single week uh, because of their overseas commitments. So they're like a uh, four way match. So maybe that's what they they were going for there. I I think that the right person won because uh, I I think that Sheeta is probably the best. Out of them, I think Shayna is very good as well, but um i i don't know i i like the the prospect of Sheeta as a, a potential challenger down the road
1: she's she's the best option in my opinion
0: yeah um just want to touch on briefly the the dark order promo do you think that it was a red herring uh the use of the word obsolete in there? I
1: don't know. I mean, you know that Raven was in the crowd last week, right? I
0: had heard that he was, yes.
1: Yeah, he was. It was him. It was so weird. We did not mention this in the episode last week, but there was a a white-haired man sitting casually in a chair while everyone else fleed while the 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 beatdown was going on. And I, in my mind, I was like, why? what's with that guy?
0: <laughs> and, I didn't notice that
1: yeah and I was like, what's up with that guy and then lo and behold you see some backstage pictures and it's like oh that was Raven just sitting there so there was that's probably a red herring that's kind of the rumor going around that they did that to throw people off the scent of maybe Matt Hardy I like that I think that's kind of a cool thing that they did there Um, I don't know if it's going to be Matt Hardy it's probably the best option to try to save this Dark Order storyline with someone like Matt who is just in that character the the broken character so out of his fucking mind, mm-hmm. but the Dark Order has been so much better at promos and so much better than at vignettes than they have been in the ring, yeah, <laughs> and I think that comes down to the fact that i I don't find any of them intimidating. <laughs> I, I, I just they all look like a bunch of small guys and I, 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 there's just it doesn't seem to have any personality ring wise for them. So maybe having uh, a, a major superstar backing them will be the thing that they need, but it, it might not be enough.
0: I think that this is all just going to lead to Christopher Daniels being the exalted one.
1: Yeah, and that would be a real letdown, in yeah. my opinion.
0: I I just think that the way that they've been playing it as like, oh, we're trying to convert you, we're trying to convert you, and they're just throwing out all these other. I I think that Raven was probably. Uh, I just pulled up on my computer like the the pictures, and I'm like, oh shit, like that was right on camera. Oh yeah, uh, and I center didn't even camera. Notice it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I just think that that's a red herring. I think saying obsolete's a red herring. Uh, I I know that Matt Hardy's contract is coming up, but it's not up. Um, I think that it's just going to lead to Daniels turning on uh, Sky and Kaz uh, at uh, Revolution. It's not going to be satisfying. And I I like
1: Christopher Daniels, but... he's another guy who is not very intimidating at this point. They need, they need a dose of personality and a guy who's cosplaying as Freddie Mercury most of the time, not the best move. But I will say this, if he does that, he probably won't dance. Yeah. So that's good for him.
0: That is a good thing. Um, the, the final, I like the idea of doing a weigh in it's it's different than a contract signing uh it, it's some sh- similar shenanigans but it's at least something that differentiates them um i like the little uh bringing out uh gary michael capetta just it, it fills me with a tiny bit of nostalgia even though i i always rag on nostalgia but just thinking of him from the early days of wcw uh, being the the ring announcer there was like uh, a fun little thing for me um i i liked some of the shtick that was going on here and it made it seem like a mma or boxing weigh in uh, then it just turned into your typical uh
1: contract signing or whatever yeah, you want, you want res- it, yeah.
0: wrestling pull apart brawl and and sidetrack brawls that and uh and the heel Faction uh reigning supreme at the end of the show. The things I liked about this, I liked all of Jericho's
1: stalling. I liked the fact that it wasn't a contract signing, it was another reason to get him in the ring. I think you're right with that. My my thoughts as everyone was brawling was this was a much better idea on paper than it was in practice. That, and not that it was bad, it was just kind of okay. It, it wasn't a, a terrible way to go home from the pay-per-view, but it wasn't the hot way to go home from the pay-per-view that you're kind of hoping for that we got before, before full gear, in my opinion. So I think this is one of those things where like, yeah, we're going to do a weigh in and it's going to be a little more UFC than WWE and we're going to have Moxley headbutt Jericho and get some color and then we're going to have Dustin come out and Darby come out and we're going to split these guys off and we're going to say, oh, this guy's going to fight this guy and this guy's going to fight this guy. I think all that sounds really good on paper. I don't think they had any real hook that maybe made everybody just kind of in for it. I honestly think this should not have ended the show. I think this would have been better in the nine o'clock hour than the, than the last segment. Definitely. Uh, So, but it wasn't bad. It just wasn't, it wasn't great. I do want to mention one thing here. They did not have MJF or Cody Rhodes live at all. No. And I liked that. They did their go home for the pay-per-view last week Mm -hmm. they already sold us they didn't need to have cody come out or mjf come out they did the video package they they kept pushing it we already want to see it this is a good example of something that nxt has continuously done well which saying we don't need to see everybody every single week you guys get it you guys are fans you're watching you're a part of it. We don't have to spoon feed you. I thought that was a really good aspect to this. And sometimes addition by
0: subtraction is good.
1: And uh Yeah, I I thought this was just fine.
0: Yeah, uh I I absolutely agree. Uh that I didn't even think of the the idea that last week was their go home. And that makes perfect sense. Not everyone needs to necessarily go home on the uh, show right before the pay per view, and uh, very good point. I like that.
1: I also thought that the the interview segment with for the tag team uh, championship feud at Revolution was just okay.
0: Uh, I thought, yeah, I thought it was okay as well, and it did seem like they were pointing at that thing that you you were mentioning last week. Is like let's let's not. Point out that let's not do this, uh, Paige has a drinking problem thing. Uh, let's have it come across more as a I don't give a, f- a fuck type of attitude. I'm gonna do what I want, uh, laissez faire attitude uh, rather than he might have a-, a problem. And it seemed like they were poking at that a little bit more. They absolutely uh, were, yes. Yeah. And by him walking out on the whole thing, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Revolution this weekend on pay-per-view. The second pay-per-view that we're going to be seeing. I know they they had a few before the show came on air uh, with Dynamite. Um, But... I think that we're both pretty excited about a number of matches. Very much on so. Yeah. This, I'm this card. Very
1: much looking forward to this, uh, this pay-per-view
0: and uh, let's run down the, the card, give yeah. our pr- predictions for this. And let's start with uh, the, the match that was just announced on dynamite with pack and orange Cassidy. Um, I, I, I think that this will pack wins this. Of course. Um, Orange Cassidy is a comedy act. This is his first match. He's not going to beat a, a guy who has been v- sparingly used and made to feel like a special, uh, special worker here. So I don't think that we're going to see anything other than Pac winning.
1: I'm just worried to see what kind of match
0: this is actually going to be. So,
1: but yes, I, Pac is going to go over.
0: Um, Darby Allen and Sammy Guevara uh, in a singles match. Uh, who do you got here? I'm gonna go
1: with Darby because
0: Sammy Guevara does not need to win matches.
1: He's yeah. in the inner circle. He's protected because of that. He's got. He can lose and be fine. Darby Allen has not really won a lot. He's been kind of the underdog, and he's coming back for revenge is a good end of this story it continues to highlight this this character of his so I think Darby has to win here
0: yeah uh, I'm gonna go with Darby as well uh Jake Hager and Dustin Rhodes uh Hager's first match in AEW uh I'm gonna go with Hager I I think that uh he does with being his first match, uh, and being a strong character, this is kind of like the idea of what you were saying last week that Wardlow, you felt like he needed to win that match. and like it's fine that he didn't. But being this dominant uh, number two character behind his his group. I feel like Hager has to win this match, and Dustin can afford to to lose this because he's the veteran, and he can help put over the younger guy here. Uh, so I'm going with Hager. Yeah, everything you've said applies. Uh, by the way,
1: good God, the Dipping Dots! Anything <laughs> but the Dipping Dots. Those Dipping Dots have families. Uh, that was very funny. I enjoyed yeah. that. Thank you, Rob. <laughs> Sometimes you still pull out comedy gold.
0: Uh, the, the women's championship match Nyla Rose and Chris Statlander, uh, would,
1: if I would have picked this a month ago, I would have said, you know what, they're going to put this title on Chris Statlander, Statlander, I should say, uh, because this weird gimmick and all this kind of stuff, I don't think they're going to, I, I don't, I Nyla Rose should hold this title for a while. And I think that's the best move. And I think her defending and having someone chase, they've got to develop somebody. And maybe it's someone that's not even in the promotion any right now. But they've got to get somebody a baby face over. Because right now, they've got a Martian or someone from the Andromeda Galaxy who's their best option. That's, it's just weird. And then a bunch of other people. And right now, Nyla Rose is a good place to stick that title and hold on to it for a while.
0: Uh, yeah, uh, I agree with you. Stat, they have no beef between one another. There is no story that has been created other than Statlander is the number one ranked woman. Right. Uh, so with that, I don't think that we're going to see a title change. I mean, this could... Uh, they could maybe have a little bit of a screwy finish that could build towards more of a storyline between them and ultimately Statlander taking the title. But, I mean, you just put the title on Nyla three weeks ago?
1: Yeah, you don't pull it off of her so quickly. No,
0: especially with something so nonchalantly thrown out there. Uh, Tag team title match. uh, Kenny and Adam... Uh, the Hangman Page uh, defending against the Young Bucks. Um, I I think that the Bucks win this uh, out of explosion of uh, Omega and Page, with the thing that we've been teased at for a couple months now. Who necessarily turns on the other? We don't know. But... Uh, I think the Bucks uh, take the titles here.
1: You know, this would be a pretty, pretty uninteresting way for the Bucks to win their AEW tag team championship, beating their friends in the Elite as they dissolve because they start fighting. Where a crowning moment of beating Santana on R.T.S. or uh, SoCal Uncensored or uh, the Dark o- whoever—it it seems like it should be a bigger moment than this and a real feud that's like a blood feud, a furious kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And this is just kind of this is this is not an angle to get the bucks over and get them the championship. This is an angle between Adam Page and Kenny Omega and the Elite. So, yeah. you know, I'm thinking there might be a little bit of a of a twist in here. Where Omega is actually the one that kind of sides more with page. they keep the titles and they're both heels.
0: oh so you think that Kenny and and hangman uh coexist and turn on the box?
1: I think that would be more interesting that no, could be I think it would be a lot more interesting uh I'm going to I'm going to pick Omega and Page here. Okay. I think what you're saying is the safe bet, and just to be different from you, because we're gonna we we're already four for four here. I'm gonna go with Hangman and and with Omega. I'm not saying it's not gonna devolve into something crazy or there's gonna be some kind of screwy finish, but I think they're gonna be the champions at the end of this.
0: Okay. Uh, you know, uh, something that I was thinking while you were talking, and I'm I'm keeping my, my pick the way it is because I already said it, but you could also have uh kind of like what happened during the match with the Lucha Bros, the miscommunication between the two because uh, uh, Hangman hit Kenny with a buckshot, right, mm-hmm. during that. You could have that happen again, have them get back on the same page and win the match and then have the blow up. After the match, they still technically won the match, but then they disband, vacate the titles, and you have a a tournament for them. I guess that's something that they could do.
1: Well, you also have the Classic as well, where two people have the championships together and don't like each other. Yeah. Right. So there's a lot of ways they can go with this. fellows already. Yeah the re- the reason why i feel like they might not be putting the title on, titles on the bucks here is cuz i don't feel this is a good culmination to their story. Yeah. That's I feel true. like they're they're trying to prove that they're the best and this is not the way to do it. So, however it works out, there's a lot of different options. Uh, that's, that's why i'm going with where i'm going.
0: Okay. Um the i would say the top one of the top 2 matches of this this card mjf and cody uh this a bitter feud that we've seen a lot of uh the the stipulations that mjf laid out for cody to get this match um what do you see here this is a this is a
1: tough one uh every bit of instinct says that cody has to get his revenge this is not a company that does a pay-per-view every single month. Mm-hmm. If it was, I'd say, "Oh, this is simple. Cody loses here, and then he wins the next one or two in a row or whatever it is, and he finally gets the the uh, the upper hand." But this is all set up for Cody to to come out of this thing in the feel-good moment and this that and the other. But MJF is fucking really good right and this feud could go on longer we've seen great professional wrestling school, f- schools feuds go on for 6 months a year it's tough i and you got wardlow out there who is an x factor we could have a screwy finish here man I, i'm going to go with the feel good moment with cody and
0: probably be wrong
1: that's that my instincts are i'm going with the wrong pick that that makes any sense
0: you know i i completely see where you're going and i even even after you laid all that out stuff that i've thought of i still want to go for cody and it's probably because they're doing such a good job with building us up as fans of cody and being like this is the guy cheer for this guy uh but cody's already shown once before that he's willing to like f- fall on his own sword in the, the jericho feud for the what he believes is best for the company and it, would he just do it again to help mjf and prolong the feud uh, even longer
1: yeah, but will it pro- prolong the feud? That's yeah, the thing I don't that know. I'm yeah, wondering.
0: That, that's it. Yeah. Uh,
1: this this feud has been so tight and so well done that this does feel like the end. They've had three yeah. stipulations that have brought us to this point. This feels like a Good blow point. off. Yeah. It doesn't feel like the start of it, and it's not that they can't get it back. I'm just that's why I'm going where I'm going. I feel like this is the end of it. Yeah, I'm probably wrong.
0: I'm I'm going to go with Cody too. just uh, you've you've made great points. And I just I can't shake that feeling inside of me that I think that Cody should win this. Cody will win this. So and that I just want Cody to win it. So uh, a trifecta of different ways to (laughs) interpret Cody as it's the winner. And then the uh, the main, well, what we assume will be the main event, the world championship, Jericho Moxley. Uh, I think that this is where Moxley's been, I believe, undefeated. I don't think that he has lost a match.
1: He's lost uh, a match.
0: Has he been pinned or made to submit? I'm pretty sure he's lost a match. Like the only thing that I can think of him losing a match was a tag team match that he was not involved in the finish mm, okay, but I don't think that he has uh lost he had the he had the the draw with pack in the early stages of That's uh true. dynamite, but I think that this is the culmination of putting like he was the big the big name that uh, came out of double or nothing uh, and I think that this is uh the coronation if you will of he, Moxley.
1: His record on the internet wrestling database is 15 wins, one draw and one loss.
0: Oh, okay. Does it show what that loss was?
1: No, it doesn't. This is just it's like literally a breakdown of all of his different promotions and what his record was. Okay. By the way, he lost 363 matches in W, uh, WWE. Oh, thank you for that. Just so you know. <laughs> uh, you know, I picked Moxley to be to win the AEW championship this year, and I picked that, uh, on on the fact that I thought he was going to win this feud. And he was going to get the title early on. I didn't think he was going to get the title, you know, uh, at the very end of the year. I he's uh, he's in he's in, <laughs> he's in a feud with the champion right now. I thought that's what we where we were going. And now I'm thinking that Jericho's going to win this. Okay, I'm thinking I'm going to pick Jericho here, and I'm going to pick Jericho because he is the first ever AEW champion. He is a really, really good face for the company as far as his lineage with the WWE and all the stuff he has better than Moxley. And I think Jericho has more mileage as a lucky heel. We've had him as being... Very good. We've had the fact that he's got the inner circle to back him up. I honestly think that Jericho could do a great job with the Ric Flair late eighties heel, where he takes a bunch of people to draws, where he can't really beat them, but he can't be beat. Not that they're going to go that route with him, but I think there's some, some, there's still some mileage with Chris Jericho as a champion, and I'm not sure. They're ready to switch the entire—because this is really the foundation of the company. I thought they would do it with Cody. I picked him for the, for the last pay-per-view. But the fact that they didn't pull the trigger there, I'm not sure they're going to pull it here with, with Moxley. So, And not that Moxley wouldn't be a good option, but there's a lot of options to fight if they don't turn Omega uh, heel. He's a great option to fight Jericho. They could have Cody end up making another run at him again, so there's there's a lot of options there, so I might be talking myself out of it, and I might be kicking myself, but I'm going chris Jericho,
0: okay uh by the way, on the same internet wrestling database that you mentioned, uh yes, Moxley's only loss is a tag team match,
1: oh okay, you're right, yeah okay
0: um uh, with. With Pack as his partner, hmm. against Hangman and Kenny Omega.
1: So we've got a uh, we've got
0: some differences. Two that one and uh, the tag team titles. Yeah, and yeah. It,
1: and I would not be surprised by the way if you hit on both those because those to me feel like both the safer bets. But you know, listen, I I I lost last year. I have to live dangerously.
0: This is, but this is the way. I wish wrestling was all the time is that it made it tough for us to pick these being, being dead right. And being just like, yep, saw that coming. Isn't like other than just the bragging rights of being like, yep, I got that right. And I I did I got more of them than you. I kind of like not, not quite knowing. And it makes the, the anticipation of that card so much more. And I think that that goes along with, our anticipation for this card. Yeah. All right. So that is our predictions for AEW revolution this weekend. Um, I think that does it for talking about that. Anything else you want to mention?
1: I don't think so, week? sir.
0: All right. Well, thank you everyone for joining us. Make sure you check out our social media we're on Twitter and Instagram at Miss Spots. You can listen to this show in one of many different wonderful fashions, such as our website, MissSpotsPodcast.com, or simply MissSpots.com. We're also on all of the major podcast apps, such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, pretty much any of those major apps. You can listen to us. Um, we will be back next week to talk about Revolution, and we hope that you enjoyed the show. Catch you then. Good night. Good wrestling.